Welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Getting the Deal Through Fintech, where in each episode we'll be discussing in more details a different chapter from the Luxology Getting the Deal Through Fintech guide that our lawyers put together. I'm Bushidara Simeonova, an innovation intern at Simmons & Simmons, and today I'm speaking, I'm speaking to Ying Wang, a cor- corporate and commercial partner in our Singapore office. She'll be walking us through some additional details to the chapter on Singapore from Luxology Guide. Hi, Ying, how are you? Hi, hi, Dara. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for taking the time. Um, I was just wondering, maybe to start off with um, just the the current market and after three arrows, Terra Labs and FTX, um, there's no way that I can't ask the question. Was the Monetary Authority of Singapore too business friendly and um, not focused enough on customer protection? and thus allowing for those collapses? Or are those companies just mere victims of the crypto winter, do you think? Um, well, I think, to be fair, right, the the MAS has always emphasized that their focus was on AML and CFT and not on consumer protection at the beginning of the digital assets regulations. So consumer protection was not, and, and I think at that point, rightly so, was not part of their deliberations because a lot of the measures that were put in place, um, the payments in the Payment Services Act predominantly, was to adhere to the AML recommendations by factor, right? And and mm-hmm. I think being being one of the earliest jurisdictions to come up with fully fleshed out legislation, um, we all know it's a work in progress, right? So I think that, um, I mean, of course, that has slightly changed. And I think the collapses, the collapse of 3AC, of Terra, of of FTX, I mean, there have been accusations of fraud, um, bad market, you know, lack of corporate governance. So there are a variety of reasons in my mind. So um, I do not think that that, that be, it will be fair to say that that it's because the regulator was too business friendly. Um, plus, I think other other than 3AC, um, the other two entities were not regulated and technically not under the purview of MAS. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I think that I mean, to be fair, I think they were first forerunner, MAS was, so, so they were you know, it's it's good learning for for a lot of for Singaporeans and also for non-Singaporeans, I think, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see. And and how do you think the regulatory the regulatory landscape is changing and um what's the aftermath of those events? Um actually before just before FTX announced its meltdown, right? Um <laughs> two weeks before that um, the MAS has come up with two consultation papers. Uh, one is for the digital, digital asset portion, and there is actually very strong mention of consumer protection in there. The second one is for um, stablecoins issuer. So I think um, even, oh, well, I guess the 3AC meltdown uh, was, in my mind, probably, um, how do I find the right word? <laughs> The trigger event. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say it's a trigger event because 3AC actually was a regulated asset manager, right? And mm-hmm. 
and they have been actually pretty prominent in the Singapore and wider Asia crypto space. So um, even though MAS did in the end um, um, take took action against 3AC, I, I felt that, um, I mean, of course, on hindsight, we can always say that more should be done and it should be done earlier, right? So yeah. I think there were some learnings from 3AC. Um, then, of course, you have the Terra Luna, which, which, which actually really it's not it's something that that I think MAS is also trying to to look at from the stable coin um, consultation papers as well, right? So FTX came after the consultation paper, but it's super relevant, right? Because the consultation paper spoke about consumer protection, i.e., pro uh, potentially restricting access to uh, retail consumers, right, mm -hmm. um, and to um, implementing certain behavior conduct conduct uh certain conduct rules for digital asset uh, platforms which actually have been sorely lacking you know like conflict of interest um segregation of customer assets so these are not explicitly spelled out and and now in the consultation paper they have been set out and for the stable, I mean, of course, there are some other measures, but I think these two are probably most salient. Um, and then there has the stable coin regulation paper, which, which I think um, is is good because there's clarity. It's definitely not e-money, but it's it's and it's considered digital payment token. Um, but I think MAS has done a very good jo job of defining what stable coins are because stable coin is is such a broad term. So I guess um, MES, I think, has suggested certain comfort in single currency stablecoin, right, where each mm -hmm. stablecoin is backed by a single currency and there has to be proper um, audit, et cetera, for such currency if they are going to be regulated by Singapore government. So I think I think that's that's a good development, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think uh, in my mind, um, I have to say that, that with FTX, my personal view, right, is that um, we have to make, ironically, regulation friendlier for the platform operators because if we're going to set such a high standard, um, it's going to make it very difficult for for the platforms to operate their business, right? Yeah. And then the choice would then be we will not be regulated because there's nothing stopping. Well, there are, but it's actually very difficult to stop Singaporeans from using non-regulated platforms. All right. And I think that's sort of what happened to FTX. Um, it's unfortunate, I think, that Tomasic invested in FTX because that because that the the general impression is then that FTX is endorsed by the Singapore government. I know it's it's very unfair impression, but but I think that's what that's what probably um, and plus the withdrawal of Binance from from the Singapore market. I think that's what uh, that's what has pushed actually quite a lot of Singapore users to FTX platform, and um, it's surprising because I have clients who are in this space who then say, oh, you know, but why did the government approve of FTX? I'm like, but FTX is not regulated by MES. But because that's the impression that was given, rightly or wrongly, um, I mean, FTX did acquire 
liquid, which is a Singapore entity, but it does not equate to MAS regulating FTX, right? Yeah. Um, so 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 my my take is that yes, we have to put in certain measures. We have to stem up conflict of interest. We have to look at segregation of funds. Um, but more importantly, I think we have to allow and be the innovative hub that 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 we are, right? By by facilitating licensing and regulations, because otherwise people are just still going to invest, right? And and there's only that much public education one can do, right? But yeah. if you're really talking about consumer protection, you cannot protect consumers if if the response is not regulated, not my problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, so that's that to me is my current view. <laughs> May not be shared by most people, but but no, that, I think that, that yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think that that is that is what I think um my my instant response to was I mean when I learned about FTX collapse and and the fact that I I think there was a newspaper article about how Singaporeans make up made up five percent of of i think the transactions in ftx so we were the second largest you know um for for i think one or two months prior to the collapse so we were the second largest users right yeah and that is scary given how small singapore is (laughs) but yeah but that's that's a very good point that you're making about over regulating and then forcing entities to kind of stay outside of the scope of regulation um so just to to build on top of that by looking at the at the consultation papers that mas has um now kind of put together do you think that there's a risk that the regulator would swing in the opposite direction and as you said would start imposing very high high standard regulations or do you think MA, MAS is still kind of having the the business interests in mind as well I mean the focus is definitely still um attracting AIs all right um so a lot of the measure, measures that were Okay, let, let me dial back a bit. I think some of the measures like segregation of funds um, and, and um, you know, to deny conflict of interest, etc. These things are good. Mm-hmm. They, they should have, I mean, they, they really should have been there. It's, it's, it's appalling that if uh, a platform, a trading platform can, can trade on its own account, right? It's, so these things I think are good things and they should be in there. It will make the industry stronger in my view. But um, my personal view is that making it extremely tough for consumer uh, retailers, uh, consumer investors would be, I, I think I think we, we, we can afford to balance that a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. Can, we can afford to make that a little bit more business friendly um, because... Because one, I think the public advertising is already banned. That has been in place since, you know, since a couple of years back, uh, since the beginning of this year, sorry. Um, so without, you're banning public advertising by digital payment token uh, providers, right? Yeah. Um, and, and now they are saying, oh, okay, there should be consumer education, et cetera. They should pass certain risk, uh, certain knowledge assessment. Um, I think I think that's still fine, right? Because it's good to have. Um, um, there are some this uh, distribution 
enhanced distribution measures, I think that would be a bit tricky, I think, in a crypto in a crypto um, scenario. So I'm not sure how that can be addressed, particularly because they're not, you know, one one platform differs from the other. The kind of products that they provide differs from the other, right? So it, it, it may not be feasible. So there's certain there's certain things that that I feel are not that have probably had to go down into details because you, on one hand, for example, you can have an exchange, a centralized exchange, right? But um, let's say um, a, a, a firm that that offers crypto derivatives, which which will likely be caught in the new amendment act, they would have very very different. Um, flows, right? So for them to do daily reconciliation, which is what MES has suggested, might not be extremely practical, for example. Right. So yeah. So I think I think um it's quite difficult to do a broad brush uh, on mm-hmm. some of the suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I and I think that that um if we if we prohibit consumer participation too much, um Again, then it would we we kind of need to balance that right with the business case, the business yeah. use case of of getting a license in Singapore. So I think it goes back to the initial first question that I mentioned. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That was a very good circle. <laughs> and in terms yeah. of expectations for the future, now after the uh, well, after the the whole market, the whole crypto market this year, and after those two consultation papers, what are your expectations for the fintech market and maybe even for crypto in in particular for next year? <laughs> well, every okay, it's I had this conversation with. Um, with quite quite a few of my clients in the in the space, um, everything is down, right? I mean, yes, crypto is is way more volatile than the global equities market, right? But mm-hmm. but everything is down. It's not just crypto. It's it's equities. It's real estate. You know, it's it's various different assets. And and the outlook for for the coming year, you know, there's so many varying options, uh, varying views. Right, yeah. I can't even that that are just so different, right? Um, but I think one thing remains the two things that still stand out in in a lot of my conversations with different types of clients. One is that there is still interest in the digital asset space, right? Um, but I think what we're gonna see is 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 more sophisticated and more complicated may or may not be good instruments. Um, I think there might be not just crypto per se, um, but tokenized capital market products, you know, tokenized real estate, derivatives of these things, you know, so it 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 might be a a, a bit more complicated as 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 there remains certain sustained interest in this. That's one. And um, the second thing is there's still quite a bit of dry powder. Um, in my yeah. conversation with with um, quite a few people, so so I think I mean it is main in my view. I think it's mainstream now compared to the last crypto winter, right? Um, and I I don't know. Well, we never know, right? So yeah, and it's a <laughs> it's F- a very FTX, yeah the FTX yeah. collapse <laughs> is like such a huge shock. Um, so barring any bigger news from happening 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. No, that was yeah. that was a tricky yeah. question, especially yeah. considering the volatility right now with everything, as you said. Yeah. yeah. But um, thank you, Ying, for your time. It was really nice talking to you. And that was a very insightful conversation. Um, yeah. Thank you again. And talk to you soon. Thank you, Dara. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>